0: At MasterCard, we believe that women-owned small businesses are uniquely inspiring. They're pillars of the community and have a measurable impact on the people within them. It's their secret sauce. We are deeply committed to helping address the daily challenges of all Canadian small businesses by putting our technology, cybersecurity solutions, digital resources, and partnerships to work for you every day. Discover them today at mastercard.ca forward slash small business. MasterCard. Visit us at scotiabank.com slash smallbusiness.
1: Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, where we talk to Canada's most innovative and entrepreneurial leaders and change makers. I'm your host, Rick Spence, and as a business journalist, editor, and entrepreneur, I've learned what makes Canadian startups special, successful, and scalable. Join me every Tuesday to hear news stories of Canadian entrepreneurs and learn about the moments that mattered most on their journeys. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada. Don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. Entrepreneurs from coast to coast to coast, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast. Today's episode is powered by Export Development Canada, a crown corporation dedicated to helping Canadian companies succeed on the world stage. Export Development Canada, or EDC, offers a suite of tools and resources that support entrepreneurs with trade knowledge, financing solutions, equity, insurance, and connections to help entrepreneurs grow their businesses. On the show today, we're thrilled to have Julia Sedemandt. Julia is a recent graduate of the University of Calgary with a dual bachelor's of commerce and kinesiology. She's worked as a pharmacy assistant, a strategic sourcing specialist, and a teacher's assistant. And she's now a co-founder of Calgary-based Retinologic Inc. Retinologic is on a mission to make vision screening and vision care more accessible for everyone. In October 2022, Julia was the winner of our Startup Global Pinch Competition in Ottawa. Julia, welcome to the show.
0: Hi, Rick. Thank you. It's great to be here.
1: Great to have you here. The first question we ask you here at the Startup Canada podcast is, what's the top piece of advice that you hope entrepreneurs will take away from our conversation today? Let's impress them right off the top.
0: For sure. And that's a great question. Um, I think the top piece of advice that I want entrepreneurs to take away, especially young entrepreneurs, is that there are no dumb questions. Um, When you're starting on this path, there's a lot of unknowns. You're trying to do a job that likely hasn't been done before. (laughs) And there's a lot that you don't know when you're first starting off. Um, So I think if I had one piece of advice is that there's no dumb questions and there's no shame in asking questions.
1: That's beautiful. What's the best question you ever asked somebody?
0: Oh man, I think I've just asked so many, so many questions. <laughs> um, I think especially if you're in the room with someone who you know has like information or worked in a specific space, like in the regulatory field or in like marketing for your device or even in insurance, like asking people about, hey, what kind of insurance um does your mm-hmm. uh does your company use? So um, yeah, darn, I wish I had a specific question. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but, but that was but, a good question, Rick. But you know, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> but the sheer day-to-day ordinariness of that question about what kinds of insurance should an entrepreneur yeah, have, yeah. that's a fabulous question because people don't ask that and that's how they get into trouble. Exactly. And you've got to, ha- as an entrepreneur, you have to have that curiosity to ask yourself, what don't I know? And. Who knows what I need to know, and how can I get in touch with them? So that's that. That's one of my favorite top pieces of advice. Thank you very much. It's, it's new to this podcast, but I think it's absolutely uh, on point and essential. So tell us about Retinologic. You have this, you you, you won the, the the pitch competition, so you know how to tell this story. So tell us just, just a little bit uh, about Retinologic and, and, and what it does for people.
0: For sure. So what we do is we make software to enable a key eye test on virtual reality instead of heavy, non-portable equipment. Um, And the reason we started this is because my co-founder, Abdullah, who is doing his PhD in machine learning, applied to vision care. He was working in ophthalmology clinics a lot. So going to a lot of ophthalmology clinics, kind of visiting, seeing how the patients were being taken care of care of. Um, and he noticed that every single patient had to be screened on this like fax looking machine in the clinic. And it was heavy. And yes, he how much it was, it was really expensive. And he thought back to kind of where he grew up and their access to care. Um, and thought that, you know, I bet I bet I could replace this fax machine with a virtual reality headset. <laughs> and I bet I could probably make it better with artificial intelligence. Um, so he wanted to give it a shot. And at the time, we were doing um, a competition together, unrelated, called Innovation for Health. And so we were working on a team to try and solve this problem in healthcare, um, very related to this. <laughs> and we ended up winning that competition and moving on to another competition where, again, trying to solve a problem in healthcare and ended up winning that. Then he realized, like, hey, we work really well together. I had this crazy idea um do you want to try and do this and yeah that's that's how we got
1: started fantastic so the problem you're solving is that um it's not always easy or convenient for people especially in uh, developing areas of the world to to get their eyes tested to find out if they have a problem or they might one day have a problem
0: exactly yeah and even just getting access to high quality equipment as well um yeah, getting getting access to the the best quality equipment instead of getting access to kind of like refurbished equipment that could still miss stuff or um having no access to medical devices at all.
1: Right, and so so who is the market? Who who are you trying to sell to?
0: We do have to make money, so and uh, initially we were just planning to sell to to NGOs and just make it accessible there. But through talking with optometrists and ophthalmologists here, we actually learned that it adds a lot of value for them um, because it's more portable. They don't have to dedicate like a space in their clinic for it. Um, It's cheaper. And we're trying to improve the results using, uh, using our software. So it adds value to clinics that we've talked to here, they're interested in using the device. So we're going to make money off clinics in North America and then use that to fund kind of efforts to make vision care, access to vision care
1: more accessible around the world. Wow, that's, a, that's such a beautiful mission statement. I love it. Um, so, so so, what is your exact advantage? Is it that did you develop uh, the headset or did you develop a new way to? to measure what the headset finds
0: we so we don't uh we're not very good at making hardware so we kind of stick to what we're good at which is making software um so we develop software to be compatible with different kind of virtual reality headsets that are out there right now and chose one of them for now um and yeah, I think our unique advantage is really our software development capabilities and the way we're applying that is by kind of developing different, uh, developing this test in the first place, and then hoping to expand to, to other tests as well, or other, other things you can assess your vision with using virtual reality.
1: Right. And what are the advantages of bringing uh, vision testing to new populations that may have found it hard to access in in the past, or currently?
0: Well, yeah, bringing this test specifically is going to help detect conditions that cause permanent vision loss. So um, just to explain kind of more about what it is, everyone has blind spots in their vision. Uh, And so blind spots are basically areas in the back of your eye where you don't have any sensors, and everyone actually has one in each eye. where your nerve plugs into the back of your eye. So it's a bit graphic, but.
1: (laughs) um, We're tough, we can take it.
0: (laughs) But you don't notice it, like you're not walking around and seeing a black spot in your vision because your eyes are very smart, your brain is very smart, and it kind of fills in that spot. Um, and when you start to get conditions like glaucoma, macular degeneration, or diabetic retinopathy, so different conditions that are very common and kind of affect the health of, the, of your retina, you start to get death in, in the back of your eye. Um, and so you can get more blind spots that are more concerning, but you might not notice them at first because your brain and your vision is still kind of, or your other eye is still kind of filling in those blind spots. Um, So this test is really important because it can detect those kind of that cell death, that vision loss um, or vision loss caused by cell death in the back of your retina uh, before you can actually see it. So the difference in having this test versus not having this test is that you can pick up that vision loss kind of sooner and see if there's a problem sooner to try and prevent more cells from dying.
1: Well, wow. and and this is a serious issue for a lot of people. Your website mentions that a billion people are losing their vision from prevent preventable conditions, and they might not know it. So this is a reminder for everyone listening to go and get a vision check, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, at least once every two years. Um, yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Even in Canada, like we have pretty like overall compared to other countries we have pretty good access to vision care. Um, But I saw a statistic that said that 50% of, 50% of Canadians who have glaucoma um, don't even know that they have it yet. So it is, it is quite important, quite important to keep going and regularly getting tested by your, your vision care person.
1: (laughs) And and if one finds out that they have glaucoma, um, is it, preventable is it treatable uh, immediately if you find out that hey i have the beginnings of it i didn't realize it
0: yeah and i'm uh not an optometrist so definitely definitely take the advice of your optometrist on this one but to my knowledge it is you can't reverse it at least not right now um, but you can stop it from getting worse so for a lot of people they will have something a symptom where they have increased pressure in their eye. And so your optometrist will kind of try to decrease the pressure using surgery or eye drops.
1: Right. And tell us what stage of business are you currently in at at Realogic? What does your team look like currently and what, what problems are you trying to solve just in the business right now?
0: Yeah, so right now, uh, there's me and my co-founder. We're full time on Retinalogic and have been, um, for oof, at least six months now. But we've been working on this for about a year and a half. Um, and currently we're in the pivotal trial stage. So we're actually having our trials at the section chief, the Calgary section chief's clinic here in Calgary. Um, so very excited about that. We've published some other research about kind of what we're kind of just like um, not not research on humans, just research using software and seeing what kind of data analysis we can find. Um, and we have grown as a team as well. We are pretty scrappy. So we <laughs> use a lot of uh, grant programs and funding programs and um, kind of internship programs. So right now we actually have around like like eight interns just like a fleet of interns helping us out with different projects. (laughs) Um, So uh, yeah, lots of interns. And then we also have lots of advisors as well. So through a program we're currently in, we have access to kind of a a capped amount of hours of expert advisors, which has been really helpful. And they're specific to life sciences startups. So we have like um, too many to list here, but yeah, essentially we have, fleet of advisors and a fleet of interns, um, and kind of
1: in the middle. <laughs> right. So, Captain, how do you manage a team of interns? Ooh, thank- how do you keep them focused? How do you know that they're capable of doing the jobs you're asking them to do? Yes. I, I bet a lot of entrepreneurs would like to know that's why I'm asking.
0: Yeah. Them. Yeah. And sometimes um, you get... You definitely want to like figure out the project that you have in mind ahead of time and figure out kind of what skill level you need for it or what kind of background you need. Um, A lot of people are are (laughs) go-getters and especially nowadays have a lot, like in Calgary, there's more and more medical device companies, so more and more people with um, younger people with experience. But for the most part, I assume that someone doesn't have experience with what I'm showing them and so i lay out the project and kind of goals ahead of time of what i want the intern to achieve during their their internship um set up weekly meetings just right off the bat that's an, uh, an easy one and um i'm really bad at forgetting conversations <laughs> um so honestly i i try to take notes like uh, almost at five-minute intervals throughout conversations just to make sure I'm not forgetting anything. If there's any action items for them, um, I write it down because, yeah, I'm horrible at forgetting conversations. And then usually we'll have a follow-up meeting the next week because we have meetings every single week. And then I can kind of go back to those notes and um, remember kind of where we are, where the progress is at, see if they have any questions, and um, just keep going.
1: You know, I'm glad to hear you take notes. I mean, we're talking about some of the most basic um, ways of doing entrepreneurship, but I I know I have a lot of difficulty remembering what were those commitments that I promised to do or I asked someone to do? Mm -hmm. What exactly were they? And so I've learned to take notes all the time as well. And I don't, some people may have, you know, perfect memories for these things, but most people don't. And, and, I, I think it's a mistake to rely on memory. So I certainly uh, uh, endorse what you're saying. Um, and just how do you find your interns? Do they, are they all sort of in and related to University of Calgary?
0: Yeah, they're mostly mostly based out of the university, um, probably because we post our job postings on the University of Calgary job boards. So um, but yeah, they're great. We have interns ranging from like undergraduate to PhD level. So we're getting we're getting like a good good diversity of uh of backgrounds and of thought to help us out.
1: And what do they get out of it? Do you have to pay them in the end, or maybe not?
0: Yes, everyone gets paid, <laughs> um, but through different programs. So um, there's if any yeah any entrepreneurs are listening, good programs like MyTax or Ripen is another good one. Rapin is one that's federally funded, where essentially the company doesn't have to pay anything, and the federal government will pay them for a project.
1: So that's a really good one. Okay, super. Thank you. Thank you for that. The, the nuts, these nuts and bolts. Uh, the, the entrepreneurs sharing information resources. The, 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 that's my favorite part of, uh, of of startups. You have shared. Julia, that, that creative thinking and problem solving and empathy have allowed you to disrupt and innovate in the healthcare space. Can you explain how these values guide your work as an entrepreneur, creative thinking, problem solving, and empathy?
0: Yes. Yeah, so for me, I, um, I I tend to use these in everything I do and not in, intentionally. It's just kind of who I am. Um, but I, I like to think that empathy is a really good. Um, a really good pillar that I hold near and dear. I'm always trying to kind of understand someone else's perspective, what they're thinking and what they're feeling. And I think that's really helped me as an entrepreneur um, because it's helped me put myself in kind of the customer's shoes or the patient's shoes and try to kind of see what they're seeing and see how we could improve um, the experience of our product. But I also think it's helped uh, especially with kind of team building as well, because building building a startup is stressful and being able to understand each other um, is really important. <laughs> um, I think problem solving, that kind of fits hand in hand, using empathy to try and understand and then problem solving to try to address the issue. And creative thinking as well. I think thinking outside the box um has always been a strength of mine. I don't know if they're good ideas, but I ha- I'm very good at thinking outside the box. Um, it also it also just keeps it fun in my work uh, because I think the more you can kind of think outside of the box and have fun with what you're doing, um, the more yeah, the more you enjoy and and just do good work. So it's yeah. Sorry, I feel like that was a bit of word salad,
1: <laughs> but. <laughs> no no i find it really interesting um so so tell me so so you have a, a dual degree bachelor's of commerce and uh kinesiology what were you thinking you were going to do with that
0: well initially i applied for the kinesiology just on its own um, because i was planning really interested in healthcare and medicine and actually planning to pursue like going to medical school afterwards Um, and then I found out when I was applying that I could also get a business degree. So I kind of sat there and I was thinking thinking from my outcomes lens, I was like, okay, I could get one degree in four years or I could get two degrees in five years and get this incredibly useful degree and learn about the world. Um, So I should have known I was interested, more interested in business than I had. Thought at that time. So I kind of thought that's a good deal. I'll go for the two and five and signed up for that. And the more I learned about business, the more I kind of started seeing it as a tool and not something um as boring or or greedy. I kind of I, I had these like this impression of business or a bad taste for business, I think, in in my mind. And the more I learned about it, the more I started to see it just as a tool that people can use to have an impact um, and just became more and more curious about it because it's pretty cool what people have built. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, so that's why I ended up taking the, both of those, both of those degrees.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, th- that's a really interesting answer. It's a, an interesting journey that you were on that, that you saw this opportunity to, to take the dual program. And the more you looked at business and learned about business, um, rather than fall in love with the accounting part, you <laughs> saw the ability to use business as a platform to do creative things.
0: Yes. Yeah, exactly. And to, to have an impact
1: yeah i mean to me that's the only reason that business is is is, is a worthwhile thing is that it's it it's a way uh, it, it's a a format that people can follow in order to do creative things in or in order to make a dream come true um and I had to work in and around business for a very long time before I realized that because originally business was uh, a place where you got dressed up and went to work at nine o'clock and left at five and did bore, boring, inhuman processes while you were there. So it's 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 really cool that you came away with the
0: mm-hmm.
1: the right approach, the positive approach <laughs> to what business can do uh, for your for individuals and for society.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I I kind of see it as any just another tool that you can use. Um, you could use other means like like art or research or um, there's a million things that you can do. But yeah, I think it it's a very scalable and sustainable way to have an impact. Um, yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I love that. Um, I've been on a number of nonprofit boards and no one ever thought those were businesses. But you find out that The principles of business, of planning and management and accountability um, and goals, you know, that's what gets things done. (laughs) That's that's the model. So tell me what makes you and Abdullah a good team as co-founders?
0: I think what makes us a really great team is that we both like we both have a high level of empathy. um, And so we both try to really understand where the other is coming from and all of that. I think what also makes us a really good team is that we're diverse and we like definitely like we see we see things differently and approach problems differently. So um, I think that we we challenge each other a lot, which leads to a better outcome. Um, And we've also known each other like we've been friends for. uh, I think five years now, (laughs) So we met, we met in this like high pressure hackathon environment. Um, And I think we got to know each other there, which would be, which is ideal for meeting your co-founder, looking back at it. Um, And yeah, since then we've just, just work really well together.
1: And, and how do you guys divide up the uh, the, the, the work?
0: Um, so we both wear like a lot of hats, but I would say for the most part, Abdullah or Abed is mostly the, uh, like more on the, the research and the key opinion leader kind of relationship development. And then I'm more on the, like the operational side and um, doing research on, things that we have to learn about essentially. (laughs) So more on the, the operation side, the business growth side, um, and yeah, everything in between, we kinda, we kinda share like, um, marketing, fundraising, all of that. We kinda think it's better to
1: have two brains than one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, Tell me you, you you alluded earlier that you know the company has been existing on a variety of sort of grants and funding programs and possibly pitch competitions as well. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? How do you uh, fund a company in, in in the pre-product phase?
0: Yes, and yeah, I think especially like nowadays, I think Canada is one of the best places to build a startup. Uh, because there's so many resources out there that you can use um, so many funding programs and opportunities to raise funds and test your idea, essentially. Um, for us, we've been really lucky. We've done pitch competitions like Startup Canada. <laughs> it's been a great help. Uh, we've done other other pitch competitions as well. There's some local, local ones. Um, I did... Kind of the student some student entrepreneur pitch competitions. Um there's also some healthcare ones like in uh Inventures. That's more like a West based entrepreneurship event, but we pitched at a competition as part of an event called Inventures. <laughs> Whew, that was a mouthful in Calgary. Um, for grants. There's lots of federal and provincial grants. So I think everyone has like, in Alberta, it's called Alberta Innovates. I think in BC, it's called BC Innovates. Um, But there's kind of provincial granting organizations, and then there's federal granting organizations. And so we've applied for some Alberta Innovates grants. And we've also applied for, most recently, like a federal grant. So some good federal ones include IRAP. Uh, it's I R A P. Um, my tax, I believe, is also federally funded, and we've also uh received some investment and some, gotten some um, yeah, oh. some some angel investment as well, which has helped us.
1: Okay, well, tell me about the angels. I don't know <laughs> to name them, <laughs> but a- a- angel investing to me is a fascinating area. is a fascinating area because Angels are the people who come in well before the venture capitalists, well before you really know what your business plan is going to be, and they're the ones who believe in you and take big bets with their own money uh, on you. So, so how did you get in touch with? Uh, how did you find angel investors who were willing to uh, see your vision there, uh, your way?
0: Yeah, yeah. We um, well, our first investor was. Like, we met him around a year and a half ago. So really, really at the start. Um, and it was after that competition called InVentures. So I think as a startup, even if you don't necessarily need the funds, going to these events can get you a lot of traction. Um, and so we met met through that competition. It was actually a digital because it was covid um, so he watched it digitally and kind of reached out and, um, yeah, invested after after that after talking with us. And
1: so this guy reached out and said, "I'd like to know a little bit more." Yeah. And yeah, exactly. And and did he say that he had some money available right at right at the beginning? Yes.
0: Yeah, he's <laughs> starting wow. his own um, his own angel investment kind of fund. Um, so yeah, very cool. Very. It, it was very um, relaxed, I'd say. Like, I feel like a lot of investment uh, preparation programs right now uh, have you prepare a lot of documentation and you definitely should. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, it comes down to if they believe in you as a team, if they trust the team, especially at such an early stage and like the team. Um, and I think that's that's why he invested is he really liked the team, um, and how passionate we were about solving this problem.
1: Right. Do you know what most attracted the angel to your, to your company?
0: I think, yeah, I think it's the team and the problem that we're solving too, because we are like, we're, we're trying to, because we're trying to make this as accessible as possible. Um, and truly, like we truly mean it. <laughs> um, I think that's what, what drew him to our team. Like the the idea that he could put down his money and uh, could turn into even just one person uh, preventing them from losing vision. I think that's what drew him in.
1: That's beautiful to find someone who's as aligned with you on your values and ambitions as that. Yeah. that's great. Yeah, and- you got it. <laughs> Can I ask you, how does it change the work you do or the company or the, um, your approach to work, knowing that someone has believed in you and bet money on you? How did that change knowing that, oh my God, we've got an investor (laughs) now. We have to, (laughs) we don't want to let them down.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it definitely adds a bit of, a bit of stress. I think in the beginning, because of our like the type of startup we are, it's already kind of high stakes to begin with. So this did raise the stakes, but for us, we were still just as I I wouldn't say it made us more focused because I think we were always very um excited and passionate about like building this from the start. So it was very exciting and validating to have someone else believe in it and someone else believe in us as well. Um, yeah, yeah, so I think it right. just it, kind of validated us and we're like, oh, yes, we are a, a real business. <laughs>
1: but, no, well, exactly. I mean, I guess that's what I was getting at. Did it, does it put a little more, bit more pressure on you, though?
0: I, it, it doesn't put more pressure on me personally. I think it definitely, like, I think it did at the beginning. Um, yeah, I think, I think now Um, we feel most of the pressure from knowing that this could have a lot of impact and, um, wanting to bring that to fruition.
1: So that's good pressure. Yeah, Yeah.
0: yes, exactly. And I, I, see it more as it's like validation and people believing in us. Um,
1: yeah. Okay. Since I first uh, learned of retinologic at startup day in October in, in Ottawa, when, when you were uh, speaking there, I've had a question. Why do you spell logic with a K?
0: It's a great question. There are no dumb questions, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, well, retinologic with a C at the time we, we decided on retinologic because it just kind of like flows off the tongue, it has to do with eyes, it sounds smart, it's great, um, <laughs> <laughs> <Sounds> smart. anyway, <laughs> it has logic in the name, so people will know we're logical people, <laughs> um, so initially we went with ret- retinal Logic with a C, and it led to this really weird website, I don't know if that website is still up right now, um, I'm going to try
1: and Google it actually. <laughs> someone had already put those two words together retinologic yeah. and a website. So if, you,
0: if you look up retinologic with a c dot com someone has decided to create a website with a very creepy eye um and like fire in this person's eye i don't even know how to describe it so we figured like okay retinologic with a c dot com was taken and um retinologic with a k at the end just looks more balanced to us as well. Like uh, this is more, I think, graphic design or something like that. But just the capital R and the K at the end look more balanced to, to me, at least.
1: That's right. I remember when working on logos that there was a was it foveal fit, something <laughs> like that, some weird word um, described just how the letters look together. And yeah, having the right combination of ascenders and descenders and everything. I can see that now. Yes, okay. (laughs) Yes. Got it. And uh, where do you hope Retinologic will be, say two years from now? What, what What do you think you will have accomplished and where do you hope you'll be?
0: Well, two years from now, I hope that we are in at least like 150 clinics in North America. (laughs) Um, and that we are saving vision and that we've enhanced access to screening for 500,000 people around the world.
1: The one funds the other. So by, by, (laughs) by getting your systems in, 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 into, uh, the offices in North America you're funding the ability to help a lot of people in other parts of the world. Exactly. Yep. Well, that sounds logical to me. (laughs) Got it. Okay. Well, thank you. You know, it's, 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 it's been great talking to you with the nuts and bolts of of starting a business, but obviously the one of the most impressive things is just the, the ambition that you have. And so I, I've, I've just got to ask you, you've, you've, you've had this experience, this success, in pitch competitions and, 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 uh, you know, you recently won some, some, some big bucks at the Star of Canada's global pitch competition. So what's your secret? What have you learned about pitching, about public speaking, about telling your story that other entrepreneurs could benefit from?
0: Ooh, well, I am a shy person. (laughs) I'm an introvert. I did not like presenting and I still, uh, don't love presenting, but I'm much better at it. And when I first started, I was very shy. And I think I've learned that um, in order to to do your best pitch and to to get rid of that those jitters and kind of that shyness before pitching um, is the, the way that I've learned to deal with that the most is by really focusing on kind of why I'm doing what I'm doing. And... Um, the, I guess, the the evidence that um, we're headed in the right direction. Very, <laughs> uh, Yeah, so I think really try to remember why you're doing this, remember why you're, why you're pitching and how awesome you are. <laughs> and it takes it takes a lot of the jitters off. I think that's what's helped me the most. Um, and it's also okay if you mess up. <laughs> it's okay to mess up. At least you, you know, you put yourself outside your comfort zone and you tried and that's um that's what's important. So, yeah. Very fluffy, but also they it means a lot to me. Um <laughs> just always remember to think of why you're doing what you're doing and um realize that you're pushing yourself outside your comfort zone and to be kind of gracious with yourself
1: that you're doing that. That's beautiful. I think that's, uh, you wrapped up all the great advice in, in one spot right there. So, so thank you. We've been speaking with Julia St. Amand from, uh, Calgary. She's a co-founder of Retinologic and it's a company that's going to change, uh, the, the way eye tests are done and help an awful lot of people uh, in the process. So, a very exciting story. Julia, do you have any final words of wisdom or advice you want to share with our audience and for any aspiring entrepreneurs?
0: Um, I think, yeah. The coming back to the the pitching advice and kind of the remembering the why of what you're doing, I want to uh, add that as kind of a final word of wisdom. <laughs> for entrepreneurs out there to always kind of come back to why you're doing what you're doing and um whenever you're feeling kind of if you're feeling demotivated or kind of questioning um is this something that I should pursue full time you know <laughs> um think of why you're doing what you're doing and how passionate you are about that or if you're not passionate about that that's fine if if the why of what you're doing is to make money that's also okay <laughs> but um it makes it a lot easier if you have a, a mission or something driving you behind it. So try to think of what's what's driving you and
1: right. Now the, the mission is actually a part of your strategy and, and probably more so than a lot of other companies that aren't necessarily social entrepreneurs, but there's also there's always a why. There's yeah. always a market to be served and people to be helped.
0: Yeah, there's always a reason and also a reason why you enjoy entrepreneurship personally. Like no one takes on this challenge unless they really like it.
1: (laughs) All right, Julia, thanks so much for sharing your story with you. It's very exciting and we'll be watching you with great interest.
0: Thank you, Rick. And thanks for having me. It was great talking with you. You're a great host. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Thank you very much. And a big thank you to Export Development Canada for powering this episode of the Startup Canada podcast. EDC support helps Canadian entrepreneurs take their businesses to the next level and find success on the world stage. For more information and resources, visit www.edc.ca.